Hello, I'm Jeremy McMahon, meditation teacher, Tibetan Buddhist scholar, and audio engineer. And welcome to Meditating with Friends, a podcast where we explore meditation through friendly conversation. Each episode includes a guided meditation that you are invited to join. If you enjoy this podcast and are interested in working with me one-on-one to help deepen your meditation practice, send me a message on Instagram at Jeremy McMindfulness. Now, enjoy the show. Hey gang, it's your friend, Jeremy McMindfulness here, trying out something a little different for this episode. I'm doing a proper intro before we actually get into the interview, you know, kind of set it up, introduce you know, what we're going to be talking about today. So on this very special episode of Meditating with Friends, uh, we're talking with one of my best friends, my best friends here in Brooklyn, Mikkel Schraga. Uh, Mikkel Schraga describes himself as a multimedia artist. Uh, I know his professional background is actually uh, in animation. Uh, he went to school to study animation, which is super cool. And we'll talk about it uh, in the podcast, but he's also a musician. And I'm going to call him a musician, even if he doesn't feel comfortable calling himself a musician, uh, because he is one of my, <laughs> if not uh, my main musical collaborator. Uh, so we've been working on music together for more years than I care to say right now. Uh, but anyway, it's a fantastic episode. Uh, I don't think I've laughed as much on an episode yet as this one. Uh, so I'm really excited to get it out there. Uh, we're talking about um, his martial arts practice, uh, which is incredibly fascinating. Uh, we also talk about our musical practice, uh, which I think is incredibly fascinating. And then lastly, uh, we talk about uh, weightlifting a fair amount too, because uh, that's something that we do together. So all in all, a fantastic episode. I hope you enjoy it. Now, here it is. Oh, and we're recording. All right. Get my announcer voice going. (coughs) (coughs) (laughs) All right. Wait, one. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. I had a question. (laughs) Yeah. Are there are there language restrictions? I know you put this like on on you know Apple and whatever. Oh, is there like a no cussing rule? No, I don't okay. know. I uh, I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting to see who who's gonna be the first person to drop the f bomb. Who knows? Maybe it'll <laughs> well, be you. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've kept me you've kept me from the public long enough. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay I'm, I'm really sorry. I won't do that anymore. No, it's fine. It's fine. We no, that's actually fine to do because I can just cut sure shit. But shit you out, know, you're, so. you're getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Meditating with Friends, where everybody meditates. It's your friend, Jeremy McMindfulness. And I'm here today with, uh, God, I don't know how to describe you. I mean, definitely, you know, one of my best friends, but one of my uh, most intimate partners, even, uh, Mikkel Schraga, everybody. Hello, Give hello. It up. Give it up for Mikhail Shraga. Misha McMindfulness. Yes. I, I thought I might also rattle off a list of names. <laughs> clearly, you're not doing it this time. So. 
<laughs> yeah, the brother's mindfulness over here. <laughs> um, but I do actually, before we get into it, I do want to give a quick shout out uh, to my friend Gotti, who also, uh, he wrote a review uh, for me on uh, Apple, and I really appreciate it. Very, very kind review. So Whoop. thank you so much, Gotti. So if anybody else out there feels like writing a review, um, who knows, maybe you'll get a shout out if you do. So even if it's bad, maybe I'll still shout you out and <laughs> argue, argue is, against your points. Is, is Apple the only place you're collecting reviews? I, I followed you on Spotify today. Yeah, I, do. I don't think Spotify has reviews. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah, so the follow on Spotify, definitely also appreciated. So if you can't write a review on Apple, you know, a follow, a follow here, a subscription there, uh, you know, it's all very, very much appreciated. Uh, but enough of, uh, <laughs> enough of the plugging of the podcast. Um, but, uh, Mikkel. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Let's I mean, not start talk, with that. <laughs> yeah, we know. We talked a little bit about before, uh, before we I'm actually. Doing- just fine. Just fine. Um, well, I'm I'm very happy to be talking to you and to hear your voice. And um, I was saying earlier, <laughs> before we even started recording, it already sounded like I was in the podcast all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, after, like having heard three episodes, it's just like this <laughs> quality of the voice, yeah, of the recording. I mean, um, so this is this is this is great. I'm right now. I'm in a in a special space, and I'm happy to be here. Good. Well, um, I'm glad to help cultivate a special space. And I mean, that's, you know, that's the whole goal with doing this. Um, but yeah, we were talking a bit about, you know, the winter blues beforehand, but we, you know, we don't want to focus on that because we're here together and that's special. Uh, but anyway, so Mikkel, I mean, I know, I, you know, so much about you, but for our <laughs> listeners, <laughs> for our listeners out there, uh, who is uh, Mikkel Schraga, and what does Mikkel Schraga do? Uh, yeah, these are largely the questions being par- pondered these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just as curious as you are, but um, I think um, I think I would describe myself as an artist, a mm-hmm. currently living, currently working, currently starving. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> so, uh, not not literally starving, but, um, but you know, not, not, not exactly hauling in a yeah. profit from the art. Um, so I am, I, I think of myself as a multimedia artist. I work in the visual arts and in the sonic arts. And, um, I've, I think I've prioritized the sonic arts, um, mm-hmm. in the, in the recent years. <laughs> Have um, you? <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I suffer from major imposter syndrome as uh, when it comes to you know referring to myself as a musician. Um, but I guess at this point, that's kind of whatever. I'm a musician. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I would say. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I, I like to make music with my friends. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, and you are one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess we should just uh, yeah get that out of the way. That Mikkel and I are in a band together called Party Dark. Uh, we've been in this band uh, since 2014. 
Um, so going on seven years. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, that is probably the single thing I have done for the longest amount of time in my yeah. 36 years of life. Yeah. Uh, I have to say me too. <laughs> like longer than college, you know, like, like longer than like any job I've ever had, you know? I mean like excluding bad habits, like uh, in, terms yeah. of, in terms of actual activities. Yeah. 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 You know, we won't, we won't get into the, too much about the bad habits. Um, I mean, you know, it's a meditation podcast. Let's, let's right. see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, well, thank you for that description. And yeah, so Mikel and I have been working together on music for uh, a long time. We met at the Rubin Museum of Art. Um, we were both co-workers there. Uh, and he invited me over one day uh, to his place in Astoria. Um, and, you know, we jammed the night away. And we haven't really ever stopped since. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I there's... You know, with with the pandemic around, things are certainly different. But uh, for for a very very long, for many years, I think I saw you at least once a week, um, either at my place or your place. And I remember, okay. like, I don't know, like this was like maybe a year and a half ago. I like one of us was out sick or something from work, and I was like, this is. The first time I haven't seen Jeremy for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So the pandemic has been, you know, hard on us in terms of us getting together, but we, you know, we've, we've done pretty well, I think in terms of, you know, remaining productive, uh, especially at the beginning, we put out about, uh, I don't, you know, we put out like five songs in five weeks. Was that yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was a, a mad rush that was really fun. But I mean, I think one of the things that, you know, that I really loved about working with you or still love about working with you. And but what I loved initially when I started working with you was that we were able to kind of get pretty quickly, you know, into these sort of meditative like unspoken spaces while we were playing music in a way that, you know, I hadn't really done with other people before. Yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> do you agree? I absolutely agree. I, you know, it's uh, still why, uh, you know, the primary reason I uh, am always so, you know, kind of urging and aching to just get together and jam with you. Um, it's it's definitely like a very easily accessible state of just flow, you know, and we can we can just play for hours without like looking at each other, you know, and it's just like a very <laughs> very communicative thing, you know, and I, yeah, I totally agree, and I, I sh share that sentiment. Yeah, I mean, I we have like literally like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of just recorded improvised uh jams um that we've done together and i think you know what this makes me think about uh is there's this term in buddhism and i don't know 
the Sanskrit phrase for it. I need to commit that for memory. But basically it translates into like um, a spiritual friend. And it's like mm. somebody that's like not, you know, definitely not your guru, but like a peer, you know, and you're kind of on the the journey together. And, you know, that's what I feel, you know, you're like my one of my spiritual sonic friends, sonic and spiritual, of course, lots of crossover for me. Um, totally. But yeah, so I just feel like, you know, there are people in your life that are able to, you know, enhance certain aspects of you. And so I feel like, you know, you're a person that enhances the musical aspect of me and, you know, other things too, but that's <laughs> the, the main thing, uh, the main thing we're focusing on. And, and so I guess what the point I'm trying to get to is that it's good to have friends and it's good to have, you know, friends that you can do these activities with. And it's good to have friends that you can actually meditate with, you know, and explore these things with. And, you know, Mikel and I have meditated, uh, you know, on and off. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, I'm sure, you know, with yeah. each other. But, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, having these people, you know, in your community that, you know, you're able to really connect with and, you know, get into those mind states, you know, uh, it, I, well, it really enhances the mind states. I feel in a lot of ways when you, you know, when you get one or two people, three people, four people, you know, together, um, and you're all like clicking, you know, literally clicking on the same gears and stuff. So, uh, thank you for being in my life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And thank you. You know, I mean, I, I, I love you very deeply. Um, I, I w- w- want to maybe clarify that like we never set out or like we didn't get together being like, let's find meditation <laughs> through music. Yeah. yeah. You know? um, but yeah, I, um, I, I, I strongly agree with all that. But we've also, you know, we've always had like kind of uh I mean, of course, coming from the Rubin, you know, uh, the Rubin Museum being a museum of uh, Buddhist artwork, uh, you know, that was kind of always informing us. And then, you know, we started one of the things that we did a lot for band practice for a while was doing the I Ching. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And so we would, we'd always throw coins before band practice. We'd ask question and then throw coins and, uh, we'd use, you know, the reading from that to kind of inform our process in whatever way we could. Very true. Very true. And it's, it, it was definitely like, um, getting into the hot bath sort of process, you know, like kind of, um, this buffer between, well, you know, you know, we we worked at the same place and often, yeah. <laughs> often got together uh, for band. Yeah, we take like, like we uh, take the subway back after, right <laughs> after work, you know, together. Um, and so, yeah, definitely, um, I have I have a few notebooks full of our eaching divinations um, that were always kind of band centered i think because of the approach of like well let's let's do this thing to kind of set our minds uh, on a focused path you know but of course it's it, it, you know the I Ching being the I Ching, is, you know it yeah. just be like vast truths about all of existence <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, and, per- yeah, perseverance. Uh, perseverance. For yeah. Us. I mean, I mean, j- jokes aside, like I, I remember for a fact that like we would, you know, we would do a reading, um, definitely apply it to the, the jam or the whatever recording session that we were doing. And, but then like we would like quote from it for weeks after, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> or like the, the Maiden song, for example, you know, oh, yeah. came, came out of an I Ching reading. Yeah, it did. It really did. Yeah. So it, that really informed, you know, yeah, our process for a long time. And also what it made me think about too, is what you were saying about like using it as a way to kind of, you know, cleanse the mental palate, so to speak, or to mm-hmm. like prep us for getting into that mind space to create, uh, which I think, you know, is, is really important. And they've done, you know, lots of studies to back this up that like ritual, if you make something, a, you know, make something a ritual, uh, you know, it kind of preps your mind for whatever activity that you're going to do beforehand. So, mm. so for meditation too, and I mean, I think this is something, I don't know, something I used to do when I was meditating, you know, it's just be like, I'd sit down, boom, you know, go. But now I have like a little, a very traditional, like kind of Buddhist process to set myself up for meditation and again, yeah, I think the power isn't so much in what, you know, the words that I'm saying um, before I do it, but rather just the the habit of doing this thing as preparation for, you know, the activity. And it kind of, you know, again, warms me up to go into that mental mind space. Yeah, that's very interesting. It's I'm, I'm guessing it's a thing that all of us do. Mm-hmm whether um with intention or not you know maybe maybe uh, some people have rituals that they don't think of as such you know mm-hmm. um but i definitely think it's a it's it's a ever present thing and and it, i guess can be very important to uh, to think about deliberately and identify and um i mean would you say that like what the ritual is is important or just the fact that there's a ritual there in place i mean i guess as long as the ritual isn't destructive (laughs) you know you know it's not like uh yeah, I love meditating before, you know, I just, you know, I, my ritual is just to shoot up heroin before I do it <laughs> or something right, like that. Right. But I mean, even like a more, a benign example that came to my mind when you were talking was like, you know, brushing your teeth and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, how, how icky do you feel like all day if you like didn't brush your teeth, if you're used to brushing your teeth in the morning and you don't in the, uh, and you don't for one day, you're going to be like, you know, sure. like, um, so there, you know, that's again, pretty benign example, but I think you're spot on in terms of like, uh, you know, everybody has like, the, they may not be aware of it, but everybody has these like r- little rituals that again, probably, like act like, you know, like little doorways into different mind states. Um, I think it's, a, and again, an interesting thing to think about. And, you know, something for those of you listening for your practice, you know, you might want to incorporate, you know, a little ritual of doing a little activity before, you know, you meditate. I mean, you know, 
in every yoga class, you know, that's always like, what's your intention for your practice? And well, I, <laughs> I guess being, you know, sort of a, a depressed half goth, I've always been like, Oh, that's so <laughs> stupid. But like, you know, now I do it when I meditate, I set my intention, but the now thing with full goth. Yeah. Now I'm full goth. <laughs> um, but I, when my intention, but the, the Buddhist intention, like traditionally the, you know, the most, uh, yeah, the traditional Buddhist intention is, you know, you're doing it for the sake of all benefit, uh, for the sake of all benefit, uh, <laughs> for the benefit of all sentient beings. Um, so it's always going to be that. <laughs> so a as, as a meditation teacher, do you, do you encourage people to like construct a ritual I haven't, I, I mean, I guess I am now. I haven't really actively done that with my students, though um, a couple of them, I actually, what I've been suggesting lately is because, you know, one of them does yoga and is trying to incorporate meditation and the other one likes to exercise and is trying to incorporate meditation. So mm. I've been saying, you know, just do a little meditation after your yoga or your exercise. Cool. Very and cool. I think that, you know, that traditionally is what yoga is, you know, for, you know, the asanas, the body positions were meant to, uh, you know, to prepare oneself for sitting uh, meditation. Because, you know, as a lot of people know, sitting down without fidgeting can be really hard. And I think that, you know, the physical activity beforehand kind of gets some of that energy out. Uh, but since Man, we're I should, talking, I should have I should have done some yoga before recording. This <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, I do want to ask you about uh, your practice and your practices. Uh, so, can you tell us a little bit about uh, you know what types of things you practice and in, in the mind body space, as it were? Sure. Um, well, I've been practicing a form of uh, a style of kung fu for a few years now. I'm about six years, I think, maybe a wow. little more. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, it's called, uh, it's yin style baguazong. Baguazong is um, the, the eight section palm. Um, and, the, you know, there's a few branches of it. I practice the yin style one. And, and that's yin, not as yin versus yang, but it's named after yin fu, the founder of the style. Hmm. Um, so it's a it's a Chinese martial arts um, that is heavily rooted in Qigong. Qigong, um, for those who may not be aware, is uh, the very vast Chinese um, medicinal uh, science. <laughs> yeah, um, mind body practice. philosophy. Yeah. Philosophy. There we go. Thank you. Um, I'm nervous. Never been on a podcast before. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it's 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 um, the, like many um, Chinese martial arts. It's rooted in uh, the medicinal philosophies, and um, so all the martial aspects kind of echo that basis um, down to like every strike in the style that I practice is based on some kind of posture from uh, 
Qigong. Mm-hmm. Um, and these postures are meant to, you know, circulate your blood, heal your organs. Um, it's it's the same system as what ac- acupuncture is based on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same the same meridians, the same uh, points of the body are addressed. Um, but you know, in, so in, instead of <laughs> um, in, instead of being poked with needles, you uh, you know you breathe and do certain movements and certain standing positions. Um, and so, so the martial arts that I practice is rooted in that, um, and definitely has a martial aspect to it. But um, uh, the way that my group and I practice it, uh, we always begin by doing about thirty minutes of qigong before um, getting into the, you know, practicing strikes and standing postures and uh, doing applications and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually a large, uh, a a big, big component of the style that I practice is something called circle walking, which I believe was um, incorporated from, uh, you know, a strictly meditative practice. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what I've read too. Yeah. So I guess you know people would walk in. I I, I don't I don't know much about it in um, in like sort of in that context, like mm-hmm. where it comes from. Uh, the way we use it is uh, very physical. You know, it's um, when. So what it looks like is you literally walk in a circle yeah. for <laughs> I, ideally an hour. Um, uh, traditionally, you're supposed to do it an hour a day, um, and you're supposed to do that for a year before you're even taught like your first strike or anything in, mm-hmm. um, in Bagua. But, um, but <laughs> I'm not as traditional about that yeah, as, yeah. <laughs> as maybe I should be. Uh, so, um, you know, we, we do annual workshops and when, when a workshop is coming up where, you know, or like everyone like on this side of the country that practices it gets together in Boston. So like leading up to that, I'll try and do it um, specifically circle walking for uh, about an hour a day. Mm-hmm. Um because then at the workshop you're expected to do it for an hour and it's difficult and you've got to have your arms up and kind of be twisted into the center of the circle and you're literally walking in a circle Mm -hmm. um, that's like the diameter of you know an arm's length Um, um, and it's difficult and it's hard to do and it's definitely (laughs) very meditative Um, so again I I don't I don't really know much about it back in its uh, past but the way you know the way that we do it as part of our fighting arts is absolutely meditative and you know there's um i mean on on previous episodes you've done like body scan meditations and i think there's a lot of similarity there um Mm -hmm. you know you'll you'll call attention to to the feet and the seat you know (laughs) the back of the head um and uh, while we're turning circle we'll kind of you know do a similar thing where it's like, well, am I am I placing my feet correctly on the ground? Am I, you know, keeping my heel down or am I lifting my toe? Um, am I keeping my knee over my toes? You know, am I twisting the waist into the circle? Are my shoulders dropped? You know, yeah. am, I, am I breathing into my stomach and so on? You know, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, totally been my experience. I've done some Bagua with Mikel uh, in the past, so I'm a little right. familiar with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's really like spot on again. It's just like uh, that. And this again, this is something that I always have emphasized a lot, but I continue and will continue to emphasize is that physical connection to the body is really kind of the gateway for most meditations or in my opinion should be the gateway for most meditations and like yeah walking walking in a circle is hard uh trust me like you, you may not actually think it's hard because we're just like <laughs> oh yeah walking in a circle but you heard Mikel read off uh, like or, uh sound off on like all the things you have to keep in mind when you're walking in a circle and you know it's so easy to let one of those things slip up and you do kind of have to like constantly scan your body while doing it to be like all right yeah are my feet in the right position am i breathing like deep into my belly you know <clears throat> are my hips forward in the way that they should be and you just have to go back and back and back and back and back just like when you're sitting and meditating and focusing on your breath you know you'll have to uh, you get continually distracted and you just have to keep going back and back and back uh, to the breath. Uh, so, yeah. And it's funny. It's, it's, it's funny. You say like, Oh, people hearing this might be like, Oh, how can, how hard can be, can walking in a circle possibly be right. But then yeah. like, if you think about it, it's the same with sitting, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I just, I just think probably more listeners have tried sitting meditation, you know? Right. Right. Um, but if you just step back, it's like how, hard should sitting be (laughs) yeah totally like yeah it's like it's supposed to be the easiest thing in the world uh but if you were really are just sitting there you know and focusing on the experience of sitting you know that's when you know your mind starts to throw things at you and that's when you start to get fidgety and you know it's absolutely physically too like for me uh you know i have just as hard of a time sitting during a meditation as I do, you know, like standing with my arms up in the air. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm just like my posture is so bad, you know, and I like, I, it's like to be told to sit still is like, it's a crazy thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I don't, you know, probably why I don't practice Zen uh, meditation and, you know, uh, where they're very, really strict, you know, that's the, the stereotypical Zen thing, you know, is like, you know, if you're fidgeting or moving or break your posture at all, you know, the Zen master comes and whacks you with a stick. Nice. Get you back in line. So, uh, none of that here, you know, no, no whacking with physical sticks, maybe metaphorical sticks every once in a while, but, <laughs> but no physical sticks. And, uh, Mikhail, I do want to say, uh, what are the, this is something I've stolen from you. Hmm. But, uh, I just re- remember another thing that Mikel and I have done together a lot over the years, uh, is actually weightlifting. Um, oh yeah. I, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> remember that? Remember we, when we could go to gyms and lift weights? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, and we were doing like traditional, I guess, you know, power lifting, like, you know, squats, bench, deads. Uh, overhead press, uh, rowing and five by five stuff. And 
No machines. No machines. Yeah. No machines. Machines bad. Um, but one of the things that you said to me once was <laughs> you're like, what I think people expect to get out of meditation, I get out of lifting weights. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still totally feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you uh, talk about that a little more? Um, okay. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I say stuff and then people remind <laughs> me that I said it. <laughs> like, well, oh yeah, yeah that's, that's, that sounds nice yeah. and clever. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, well, uh, I think what I meant was that, um, it seems to me that people seem to search for like um, a sort of cathartic, I don't know if cathartic is the right word, but a kind of like a cleansing experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I don't, I, I, I hope I don't say this facetiously. Like I, I'm not, uh, I'm not talking about like what one, sh- what I think one should be looking for in meditation versus what one, you know, tends to like, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment on anything. I, I just, um, it, it, it seems to me that like people expect, you know, like a betterment, right? Like, a mm-hmm. like a sort of refreshing of the self from meditation. Um, and, um, I think I just like was coming from a place where, you know, we were working in the Rubin and, um, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of meditation, in all kinds of forms all over the place. Um, uh, I, I worked in the audiovisual department of the museum. So I, you know, pretty much like you you guys, the educators, like I, I got to go to every corner of the building and, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, in some way participate in the events that took place. And so like there was all kinds of, meditation coming in from all kinds of places um yeah. you know and then like and people would come like you know there, there there was that like weekly meditation and there were like one-off things um but a lot of times people would come you know sit for an hour and leave and um like in an auditorium with 50 other people you know and or in, in a tiny room that surrounds mm-hmm. like a work of art um and yeah i don't know i i, I just i at the time wasn't very experienced with it. And um, I think I got to kind of witness a lot of meditation happening. Like you, <laughs> I don't think yeah. one often finds themselves like, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe if you're like an assistant in some like Buddhist center somewhere, like maybe right. you uh, witness a lot of meditation taking place that you're not participating in, but you know, being like an AV guy in a place that does it several times a week, like I, I got to see a lot of people sit down and meditate um, and could not be a part of it, you know, because I was working. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I, I think I just like got to uh, observe a lot, not necessarily understand a lot, but definitely observe. Um, and it, it seemed to me that like um, people were, were or are, you know, in, in search of like a thing that, um, that just feels better. 
you know, like, yeah. uh, like you, you go, you do it. And then you're like, ah, mm-hmm. like, I feel great or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I don't know, that's how I felt, uh, lifting weights, um, uh, <laughs> in, in, in a very like powerful way, you know, like, yeah, uh, in a definitely like no looking back kind of like, like, you know, it's not like you finish a workout and you're like, yeah, okay. That was, that was something like, you know, we would get out of the gym and I'm like barely <laughs> moving, yeah. but at the, at the same time, like, I feel great. Like, feel like yeah. every part of my body has been like broken and like thrown in the blender and like, I am, like, new again. Like I could sleep for a week, but I also like could finally stand up straight, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't yeah. know. Sorry about the the very very long winded response. Uh, no, I think it's, ca- I think it's interesting. Here, I but. mean, it's just like a lot of yeah. There's a lot there. I don't know. Just like the the idea of like just watching witnessing people meditate, and it's just funny because you know whenever you're meditating, you know one of the things is like watch the mind, watch the breath, yeah. and it's like you know Watchmen. Like who watches the Watchmen? It's like <laughs> who watches the meditators? <laughs> well, it's, it's the it's the AV guy keeping the lights on yeah, or dimming like, the lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the AV guy that's t- turning out the lights. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, and I mean, I think. I think some people are, you know, definitely looking for a big cathartic experience when they meditate. And I, I wanted you to talk about it. Cause not to like, say like, you know, you shouldn't meditate or, you know, you should lift weights instead of meditating, you know, sure. you should do, sure. you should do both. Uh, I think, but, uh, you know, it's, it's not that I wanted you to bring it up, uh, you know, to talk, uh, to talk bad about it, but, you know, again, just to say that like people should manage their expectations when it comes to meditation and that, you know, oftentimes, you know, people are looking for these kind of crazy sort of like mind bending, mind altering experiences that like, you know, completely breaks open their consciousness and they see the world in a new way. And, you know, 99% of 99.999% of meditation isn't really like that. You know, it is more about this sort of gradual progression, you know, uh, that slowly over time, you know, builds the sense of awareness and, uh, you know, builds that sense of calm that you foster in your meditation sessions that then bleed out into your life. And I, you know, it's, again, it's the same, I mean, I, I've always like meditation and exercise are the same in so many ways. And that, you know, it's the same with the lifting weights is like, you're doing it, you're practicing, practicing something in this like intense period of time so that, you know, when you, when you're done practicing it, you know, you have the strength that you gained from doing the practice, you know? Yeah. I think the the, the fact that it's, a practice is very important and you you've talked about this you know on several episodes already um and uh, i think this is the thing that's talked about i guess commonly when when talking about meditation but it's it's definitely you know for some for as as someone who um didn't know about meditation at a certain point in my life and then you know, at a certain point encountered it and uh, learned about it. Um, I think like a hugely important aspect is that like that it's something that's meant to be a practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and not like uh, while well, I sat down, meditated, and now I feel great, you know? 
Um, yeah. And I think that's that like figures into my comment about the weightlifting, right? Because it wasn't like we went and went and lifted once, you know, and it was like ah, that's mm-hmm. I found it, you know. It's yeah. like like we were doing it three times a week, you know, and um, I think that was really part of like the thought there is that like oh, it's this like kind of rigorous thing, you know, that um, like. I don't know that if maybe if maybe I was sitting myself down to meditate, like I might not be so rigorous about, you know, like if like no one's around to check on me, you know, like maybe I'll do it for 15 minutes today instead of 20 or whatever, you know, but like we had a like a very rigid system with the weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely like touches on something important that it's like um, there's like a discipline there. Yeah, yeah, discipline, um, and you know, and this structure is just really good for discipline, and you know, setting goals too. I mean, you know, so much of exercise is about setting goals, and it's like, uh, you know, I think again, just like adding that regularity in there too is like that's when the when the power of the practice comes in. You know, it's not like about you know going on a retreat, you know, or you know going to an event and there's a guided meditation there that you partake in, like, you know, that will probably, you know, it'll be nice and it'll be, uh, you know, be relaxing, but in terms of actually developing, you know, the awareness that comes with meditation, like you do really need that kind of rigor and, and structure, but start out small. I mean, that's the thing with the weightlifting too, is like we started, Absolutely. Out, Absolutely. We started out with the bar, you know, no weights on it and, you know, added a little weight every time. So I'm very much, uh, you know, in favor for people starting out, you know, just start off meditating a little bit every day, you know, two minutes, three minutes, and then gradually build yourself up. You know, I think that's that's the way to go um, rather than trying to do something crazy like <laughs> walk in a circle for an hour every day. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to build yourself up to it. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, yeah, you don't you don't start or like I wouldn't jump into an hour of circle walking. You know, yeah. I start with a few minutes and build yeah. up from there. If anybody did jump into an hour an hour of circle walking, um, I would probably think that they're crazy because it is so hard. <laughs> crazy uh, and very strong. Yeah, and crazy and very strong. Um, dangerous combination. Yes, the most dangerous. Um, but should we meditate? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, body scan or breath? Let's do breath. Okay. Or, sorry, I... Um, yeah, let's do breath. I, I, it just, I, we've done body scan together. I know that doesn't matter to to the ether, but yeah, um, you know, if you're asking me, I would love to to do a breath. Well, I'm asking, I am asking you. Great. And so we're gonna do the breath now. So for those of you listening, of course, uh, you are invited to join. Uh, so if you're listening, uh, just take a seat. Um, feel free to sit cross-legged on the ground or on the couch, or if you want to sit in a chair with your legs or your feet firmly planted on the ground, that is okay too. Uh, Also, you can feel free to meditate with your eyes open or closed, uh, whatever you feel most comfortable with. Uh, So we will be focusing on the breath for about 
10 minutes. Uh, so very simple instructions. Uh, just watch your breath. Just focus on the physical sensations of it. And every time you notice that you're not watching your breath, just place your attention back on the breath. So, yeah, uh, I think we're about ready to get started. Um, Mikkel, you have any questions? Nope. All right. Got my bell right here. So once I ring the bell, we will begin. So now we will place our awareness on our breath. Just noticing the breath and its natural movements. There's no need to breathe in any particular way. Just notice how your body wants itself to breathe. And if a thought or feeling arises, and you get distracted, just recognize that you've been distracted and place your awareness back on the breath. And if any feelings or sensations arise and you get distracted, 
just recognize that you've been distracted and place the awareness back on the breath. And if memories from the past or thoughts about the future come up and distract you, again just recognize that you've been distracted and bring the awareness back to the breath.
And if you're no longer watching your breath, that is truly okay. Just recognize that you have been distracted. Bring your attention back to the breath. In just a moment, I will ring the bell, ending our meditation session. Once I ring the bell, I invite you to join me in a bow, dedicating all the merit that we've accrued today to the benefit of all sentient beings. So, uh, how'd that feel today? That felt great. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that felt, I mean, like, I just had a real sense of not doing that alone. Nice. You know, um, and I mean, you, 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 you did you know, being the guide here, you did say things here and there, but especially in the, like in the pauses of, in the moments, like the stretches of silence, um, I, I couldn't hear you breathing, but, um, it just really felt like a thing that we were doing together. That's awesome. That's really cool. (laughs) I felt, I feel it too, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, we probably connected uh, on the astral plane somehow, <laughs> in some way. Though I'm always like, "Oh, meditation is about being in the body," but you know, you can still contact the astral plane. But that's great, man. Uh, you know, I, I really, you know, I love doing 
lots of things with you, but, uh, you know, practicing <laughs> is, was just another thing, uh, to add to the list. Um, but thank you. Thank you for I practicing will, with me. Oh yeah, of course. Always a pleasure. And I will say that it, for me personally, it's a more difficult thing to do than the body scan meditation mm-hmm. that I think I've done most with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, you know, coming back to that, like, sense of, like, practicing self-discipline, you know, like, uh, if I'm if I'm under a bar full of weights, like, I just have to <laughs> do yeah. certain things, right? Yeah. I have to get certain things right, you know, in yeah. order to, like, not, not break whatever. Um, and when I'm being guided, for example, by you um, in a, in a, like, a body scan meditation, there's, you know, it's... Um, I think it's easier for me to kind of follow along, you know, and go through the motions and, um, I don't mean go through the motions, like kind of like phone it in. I just mean like to, um, to focus on the going along, you know, and, um, kind of stay focused through that. Right. Yeah. Um, but when, (laughs) when I'm just sitting here listening to my breath with, um, you know, rare reminders from you to like, it's okay if you don't, you yeah. know, it's okay if you get distracted, just come back. Right. Like, um, it's, it's, it's harder to do, I find, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, I definitely see how like, you know, that would require practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I I do opt for the body scan, you know, generally for beginners, because I, you know, I think it is easier than, you know, focusing on one thing, you know, for 10 minutes, uh, you know, that's really hard to do, (laughs) you know, and and that's also like always the first, you know, that's the first step within, you know, traditional Buddhist meditation is that, you know, step one is you have to build up your concentration, you know, Mm. we're not even at, you know, Vipassana is a word that everybody uses or equates to, you know, Buddhist meditation, but, uh, you know, you're not, most people aren't there yet. You know, Vipassana is watching the mind where mm-hmm. what we're doing is shamatha, which is, uh, called calm abiding meditation. And again, it's about building concentration because if the more you're able to concentrate, you know, the calmer you are is the theory. And, uh, you know, based on my experience, that seems very true. The calmer I am, the easier it is for me to concentrate on something. And the uh, when I'm not calm, it's very, very hard to concentrate. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's really the goal of what, you know, all the meditations that I've done so far on the podcast have been in this category of shamatha. Mm-hmm. Um, I will expand, you know, in the future. I definitely want to get some loving kindness in there but you Mm. know for beginners you know shamatha is the way to go and even for more advanced people uh you know the the type of meditation that the buddha was actually doing when he achieved enlightenment so i've been told is shamatha so you know it's it's good for everybody (laughs) yeah that's that's very interesting like what do you um i mean i I don't know how much how we're doing on time but it's fine um, what what do you like how 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 do you define an advanced meditator yeah (laughs) 
Uh, that is like what, what, what are the qualities that one like, you know, accrues to in becoming an advanced? Well, uh, you know, I think length of time, you know, uh, you know, I, I mean, again, I'm always like start out short, but like, you know, it is a good to eventually, you know, try to increase the, the lengths of your sits. And I would say, you know, years practiced, um, too. Um, and it's, I mean, it's hard because it's like different for different traditions because like, like for example, like transcendental meditation, you know, it's like one practice and that's the practice that you do, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as long as you're doing TM, you're doing that one practice where it's like Buddhism, you know, uh, the, it really depends on what type of Buddhist practice you're doing. I mean, in the most basic like Buddhist 101 type of teachings, it's like the main two ones are Shamatha and Vipassana. But then there's, you know, I mentioned loving kindness meditation, um, but then there's, you know, tantric meditation and Zen meditation and Dzogchen meditation. And, you know, like, so it's, it's really hard, you know, so, so people can have different experience. So somebody could have like a really, you know, could be really good at visualization meditation or, you know, visualizing Tibetan deities, um, but maybe has not spent much time doing Vipassana, uh, you know, and it's, so it's, it's, uh, well, one thing when I started my meditation, you know, working with Tom, uh, you know, at the Rubin, my, my meditation teacher that I've mentioned before on the podcast, you know, he, one of the things he really, one of the first things he said to me was every meditator's journey is unique. Um, and you know, so different people are attracted to different things and need to do different things. But I guess also just going back to your question about like what I would, who I, or how would I qualify an advanced meditator? I mean, Tom, in my mind, is like the guy, (laughs) you you know, because he was, he, uh, you know, for those of you, uh, most of you don't know, but, uh, you know, Tom was my, one of my main meditation teachers, uh, guy that would come to the Rubin um, every week. And he was a, he was a monk for, he's an American guy, but he was a monk um, in the Tibetan tradition for seven years. Then he was a monk in the Zen tradition for seven years. And yeah, he really meditated a lot because also once you get into Buddhism and you, if you study it, you know, not the religion, but just, or not the like meditation aspect, but like more in an anthropological way, like, you know, a lot, there are a lot of monks that don't actually meditate, you know, like particularly particularly in tibet because it's like they have these um or in tibetan areas and because they have generally these pretty big monasteries and so it's like you have your monk that's like the cook and then you have your monk that like cleans and then you have your monks and you have you like your scholarly monks who like read all the time and then you have and then you have like your meditator monks you know so like even within that like even within the idea of being a buddhist monk there's like you know, somebody could be an advanced scholar of 
you know, Buddhist philosophy, but uh, hasn't really spent much time meditating and, you know, vice versa. You know, there could still be somebody that's been meditating for years, but who hasn't read, you know, or is not familiar with like the nuances of Buddhist ontology, you know, like, (laughs) um, so yeah, I think, yeah, that's, that's a kind of a long-winded answer to what would be an advanced practitioner, but it's, it's why it's a hard, a hard thing to answer, I would say, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, Um, but, and yeah, again, even in, you know, within Tibetan Buddhist circles, like, you know, they'll like the Dalai Lama meditates for sure. Um, and he's revered, but there are other lamas who like, who have literally spent the majority of their life in a cave meditating and they're like revered in a different type of way than the Dalai Lama. Um, I would say, or it's, it's, it's just, you know, uh, yeah, it's just a different type of thing. Um, so yeah, good question. Um, <laughs> it's interesting to me because, you know, like I, uh, in, in the martial arts that I practice, there is no like ranking system, you know, there's no like belts mm. or which I think is like a Western idea probably. Yeah to begin with um but it's like i also ask like you know like how do we among you know the people i practice with like how do we know who is an advanced guy or gal you know or um like who who who's a you know like we you know we know who like the main person is but then like how do we among each other know like who is it is it who's been practicing the longest is it who's the person that practices the most out of their day yeah you know is it the person that looks the best doing it or (laughs) or you know because i don't i don't personally think it's the person that um will necessarily win in a fight the quickest you know what i mean like yeah um i don't know anyway i just think it's a it's an interesting thing yeah yeah. within one's practice yeah it is a good thing uh i mean there's other benchmarks too that i can think of again traditionally in tibetan buddhism like when you do a a meditation retreat traditionally it's supposed to be three three years three months and three weeks and three days uh so if you've like completed that then you're like one in one within one retreat yeah, well, Damn. yeah, yeah. I mean, again, traditionally, I think people do break it up these days mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, traditionally, it was like, yeah, three, three years, three months, uh, three weeks, three days. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty intense. I met a few people that did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, and that them, I would consider certainly anybody that's done that. I would certainly consider, you know, in, on an advanced level. Okay. Fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, uh, but sorry, just one more thing about that. I think sure. it's very interesting that, that you, you say that it's not necessarily like a system of like, well, okay, you're this much advanced. So you now have access to like this type of meditation that like was you know too difficult for you or whatever you know that was like too advanced for you and now you've arrived right like i think you're saying it's not always that way 
And again, in comparing it to like the the kung fu that I practice, like like we just there 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 you know there's a set amount of strikes in the style, and we kind of just like practice that over and over, you know. Mm-hmm. for our, our whole lives until we die right and like it's it's so it's not like you you level up and like okay now you can be taught the one inch punch or whatever you know? yeah 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 <laughs> the golden fist is now accessible to you or whatever you know it's like mm-hmm. you're just, or in a very closely related style to ours in Xingyi, um there are only five strikes you know and you just like practice those forever and ever yeah um um, so uh, yeah, that's that, that caught my attention. Well, yeah, so it's like they kind of just lay it all out there at first, mm-hmm. and they're like, "This is what it is." It's, I mean, I'd say some schools of Buddhism do that. Um, even in Tibetan Buddhism, it's like some kind of do that, like, mm-hmm. but Tibetan Buddhism too, with like the tantric stuff, it's very. You know, they always talk about the tantric path being like a pretty much a gradient path. Like it's a step by step ritualistic process to like induce enlightenment in you. you uh-huh. know? Um, but you do kind of go. But I think it's a, it's more complicated than that. It's not like, oh, yeah, now I get to do this meditation and then this meditation. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. um, which I think some people do approach it like that. But. Yeah, it's it's a whole there's a whole variance of answers uh to that question. Um but it is but again you can always just return to like the teachings of like the historical Buddha and you know look at his right like read the four foundations of mindfulness sutra, uh the Satipatthana Sutra, uh and you know, that's where the term mindfulness comes from, you know, it's like from this, this text, you know, and so like you can, as crazy as you and kind of vast as you can get with all the different types of meditations, like you can kind of, if you're approaching it from the Buddhist perspective, it's like, you can always kind of go back to those two basic fundamentals of Shamatha Vipassana. Cool. That's, that's very helpful. Yeah. Uh, well, anything else, any, uh, anything you want to plug? <laughs> um, anything I want to plug, uh, my, my, my other band soft ghost has a song coming out soon called oh, you paradise. Do? Yeah. Sick. Um, we just have to master it. Nice. <laughs> Which, you know, is my least <laughs> favorite. <laughs> <practice>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would take, take another episode of me explaining. <laughs> You know, know, how to meditate while you're mastering music. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely have to, um, you know, not not to make fun of this very serious subject matter, but I definitely have to construct a ritual that precedes mastering. (laughs) No, No, I Um, think it's fine. Yeah, Uh, it's called, so we're... um, we're soft ghost and the song is called paradise and it'll be up on, you know, on all the streaming things in, I don't know, in a few weeks, maybe, maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll have a date, but cool. um, that's one plug. And uh, I think it's probably, probably good. Um, and definitely check out party dark yeah. on Spotify. That's, yeah. That's, that's, 
Also, I'll I'll go ahead and plug available too. Uh, Mikel's okay. other project uh, with our good friend uh, Alex Bain. So, and it's all part of the uh, the hit single records family, which is our <laughs> uh, which is our record label. So, uh, yeah, all that stuff's available on Spotify. Uh, so check us out. And uh, I guess you know. We'll have to save the semen retention for another time. <laughs> yes, if you are ever kind enough to have me back on <laughs> this again, then I, yeah, I am happy, yeah. happy to d- dive in. Mikhail Shraga, uh, you know, a very special episode of Meditating with Friends, where we talk all about semen retention. The pros, I mean, maybe we could, maybe we could do. A, I'm, I'm I'm not you know I don't I, I don't listen a whole to too podcast many podcasts. series. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we could do a series like I, you know like you know not a separate podcast. But, you know like I'm, I'm better know, four episodes. Oh yeah, we no we the, this is the beginning. You know, this is the beginning of the of the make mindfulness podcast cinematic universe you know great, it's like great yeah. <laughs> we're gonna have spinoffs on spinoffs on spinoffs it's like you know we're gonna become a a conglomerate of a force of nature uh sounds great but sounds uh great. anyway thank you so much Mikel. thank you for being here thank thanks for, for having me such thank a you pleasure for practicing with me today and for everyone listening thank you uh for checking us out uh Stay mindful out there. And yeah, I'm just going to keep it at that. <laughs> All right. Be, be well, everyone. Right. Thanks for listening. Okay. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of Meditating with Friends. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out my Instagram at Jeremy McMindfulness 